So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be discussing Season 5, Episode 9 of Love After Lockup. On this episode, Melissa gets mad at Louie for buying a car without consulting her. Chelsea opens up to Mikey about why she doesn't want to have sex. Brittany and Kirok get educated by a fertility doctor. Brittany is setting herself up to leave Andy. And Red keeps calling Joy his wife, which angers his family. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating. And if you watch 90 Day Fiancé, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK. Teachable moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things going with you? Uh, things are going okay. Uh, happy Veterans Day, at least the day after. Yes, um, yes. And thanks to all who served. Yes. Uh, we got, well, I got the day off. I know your students got the day off, but you still had to work. Yeah, I had to work. I mean, I dipped out halfway through because it was like a PD day in the morning. And then the second was like, do your self-guided PD in your classroom. And I was like, <laughs> Okay, I will self-guide myself home. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I did. Uh, and speaking of people who are going home, let's talk about Joe Naimi and Red. Okay. So uh, Red is finished with his haircut, so now he's going back to his mom Esther's house. And Joyce says that Red hasn't told his family yet how soon he's leaving with her to New Mexico. And it's really just to avoid the fight that he knows it's going to cause. So he sit down with his extended family, like it's his mom and his cousins are there. And they ask how... If he's going to come around tomorrow for dinner, his mom's like, I'm cooking tomorrow. And he's like, uh, I don't know. I think we're actually, we're, I think we're leaving tomorrow. So I don't know that I can. And that's <laughs> how he broke the news. So they definitely uh, did not know that he was planning to leave that early. And Esther specifically is like, but you just got out. So he tries to talk about how this is a new beginning and his new beginning really is in New Mexico. So, you know, he's just got to get there as quick as he can to get started. So Esther thinks that she that he owes her more time, more time not just to her but his entire family. And Red is kind of like, well, when a man reaches thirty, that's when his drive kicks in, and he needs to he needs to settle down and make that next step. Which sounds like it would come as a surprise to a lot of the single women I know in their thirties. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, really? Is that what happens at thirty? Okay. So anyway, Erica, his cousin, is also like, you know, damn dude, we've been ten years to go out to get out. We've been waiting on you for ten years, and we get two days. That's messed up. But he keeps insisting that he can't really truly feel free until he gets out of Missouri. And that's when they bring joy into it. So they, um, they keep telling him that they've been waiting for 10 years to like bomb with him. And now he's leaving with somebody that they don't even know. We don't know joy. Nothing that she should at least stay around so we can get to know her better before you leave with her. Um, and like um, – so anyway, they feel like he's – they're being abandoned, abandoned in favor of some stranger. So Joy just kind of speaks up now because she has awful timing all the time <laughs> yeah. um, to say that she just wants the best for him too. Um, but that doesn't work because the family were like, well, if you wanted what was best for him, you'd tell him to stay. So obviously you don't want what's best for him. So Joy says that, you know, this is where he got in trouble though. And Red agrees. He thinks that the entire state is basically run on prisons. Um, and if he stays, even if he does a good job keeping clean, somebody's going to find some reason to lock him up again and take more of his money. So the family is just like, you know, we're not asking you for a whole year, just two weeks. And that's when Joy says, we, well, you know, we're just looking for your blessing, which is what? Why would you? Uh, I was very confused. <laughs> so it goes on for a little while longer before literally everybody, all the cousins and the mom, everybody gets up all and every single one of them like knocks over their chairs. They leave. They're just like, well, fuck this shit. 
Um, so then we get Esther in an interview outside ranting about how mad she is. And she thinks, she, again, she was owed more time than two days after 10 years of waiting for him. Esther thinks he's not ready to start a new life. And yeah, he sure wants to get sure he wants to get out of Missouri, but he doesn't know anything about New Mexico. So at this point, his sister Destiny cuts back with like the pizza for everybody. And she like walks <laughs> in with like three pizzas and is like, uh, where did everybody go? And they explain that everybody dipped when they found out he's leaving tomorrow. And Destiny is more or less like, well, I don't blame him for that. So she says she feels it feels like a slap in the face, but it's not really her place to say. So Red doesn't um, doesn't like that they disrespected his wife. And he says this to Destiny in the living room, which brings Esther back out of, from the, her bedroom. Just be like, that's not your wife. You ain't married yet. <laughs> um, and Joy, again, again, keeps saying like, well, we're just looking for your blessing um, that they're obviously not going to get. And Esther yells at her for making Red abandon his family. And there, she's and Joy is like, but it's not abandoning. We'll come back like two or three times a year. Esther thinks that's bullshit because she went to see him in prison and Joy never did. So he owes more time to, to Esther than to Joy. Then it's a bunch of shouting back and forth, followed by Red storming out. And Esther says uh, he's diseased in the head and he better pray to God that he don't need her again and like keeps trying to step in front of the car so they can't pull away as Destiny is like pulling her – mom, get inside. Mom, mom. Seriously, <laughs> mom, get inside. All right. So that that that's where we end up with that. And I, I guess I'll start with the person who probably said the least amount was Joy. But I feel like everything she said was wrong. Like yeah. what on earth is she thinking that she's going to get these people blessing after they've been screaming about how he shouldn't leave? Well, she's just so desperate for people to like her, mm -hmm. right? And so she doesn't want them to be mad at her. And so that's the reason why she really wants the blessing is so she doesn't feel any kind of guilt for taking him away or being like the source of this drama. Because, you know, she doesn't want him to kind of realize at some point, you know, like, oh, my family was right. I shouldn't have left. It was all Joy's fault. This mm -hmm. all happened because of joy. So I feel like that's the real reason why she wants the blessing. But I am confused. It feels like what happened to the mom from like a couple episodes ago? Like the one who was defending joy. They said that they were talking every day for the last two years. Like whatever happened to joy calling her mom, you know, it's right. like who who was that lady? Because, you know, for her to like turn around and be like, we don't even know this girl. It's like, how do you mean you don't know this girl? You have been talking to her every day for two years. Right. Well, I feel like the mom has. Right. And it, right. And she, but I think the cousins were the ones who were like, we don't know this girl. But mm -hmm. it, it's just it's wild to me that I think you're right. She wants to be liked. She wants their approval. She wants to feel like it's not her fault. But then she turns around and they're like, well, Shouldn't he stay here? And she's like, well, the thing about that is you're all shitheads and got him in trouble and he shouldn't be anywhere near any of you, right? It's like, <laughs> well, yeah, they're not going to like you. Like you literally are like – the best thing for him is to get the fuck away from all you losers, oh right? Gosh. And it's like – and she – I mean she obviously doesn't say it like that. Right. But but she does and when they say, well, why did she have to leave so soon? He's like, well – and then basically implies that they're all losers who are going to get him in trouble again, mm -hmm. right? And so it's like – Yes, I get that she wants to be liked and wants to feel like it's her fault, but she's awful at that. And she keeps saying, you know, things like, well, what I do with my money is my money. She's so smug. And when she says it, she's so smug about being yeah. about what it is. Like, obviously, yeah. you people are idiots and don't know what's going on. So I'll just stop talking now. And it's like, well, they're going to hate you. Like, and all they know about her now is like, she thinks 
especially the cousins, right? She thinks for that. And I think the mom, I think the part we don't know about you is because I think the mom is like, the person I was talking to for two years is not the person who's sitting here. You didn't right. tell me you were going to take him away in two days. You didn't tell me you cheated on him three times, right? There's yeah, and so there's no. a lot of things that the mom found out recently that was like, who the fuck are you? Well, yeah, because I, yeah, now that I think about it, it's like yeah, because Joy spent two years sucking up to mom, trying to get mom to like her, but that's not really the real her, mm-hmm. right? And now she sees the real her and is like, who are you? Because this is not the person that I had yeah. in mind with me. And okay, so let's go to the part where Red is calling her his wife. It just it like occurred to me like in the episode you know this is someone who's trying to act like a grown-up but he is not a grown-up right that's true um and i don't it's and and the thing was if he would have said my wife to be that was fine because they are engaged yeah like and so i don't know it just it's just and that makes sense like i'm gonna go with my wife to be i'm gonna go with the person i would think but it's like yeah i don't know i i just I also don't know what Esther expected, like exactly. Like I feel like they all said two weeks, and I feel like if it was two weeks and he left, they'd all be like, "What? You're still leaving?" I think in no matter when he left, they were going to be like, "Already? You're leaving?" Well, you know, here's the other thing. I am a little surprised at the Missouri uh, prison situation. Like, you can just leave the state in like a day. <laughs> Yes. I mean, I, I get yeah. that, you know, he might not be on paper and that he's mm-hmm. not necessarily has to check in with anyone like probation. But it does seem weird to me that you can like get out and immediately flee the state. And it's like, well, someone else's problem now. Well, I mean, if you're not on paper, you're not on paper. Like your right. sentence is done. You're, you're It's over that you can leave. Now, however, I, you know, especially when like all the Ferguson stuff was going on. Like I definitely heard that about Missouri and about that St. Louis area specifically is they fill their coffers by, they had at least had a reputation of filling their coffers by hitting people up and, and, and getting them in legal trouble. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that was, that's kind of, I don't know that he's completely wrong, that that's at least the impression that a lot of people who live there have right. is that the prison system is there uh, to take money from people who are in trouble, like mm-hmm. who are poor. Like, oh, we're going to come. You can't forward lawyers. We're going to railroad you into things and we're going to get your money. Like, and that's what we're going to do. Um, and so if he thinks that now I get that they're also right. He might feel the same way about New Mexico. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> because it's also true that like anybody who gets in, not anybody, but often people who get in a lot of criminal trouble always think it's unfair. Right. And I think also, you know, it's like one of those things where he's going to feel like he's being singled out because if he is someone that looks different from everyone else, he's going to automatically attract attention. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like you're under a microscope in a very indirect way because, you know, you look different from everyone else. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's 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 also similar to um at least this is the way we always do it when we're driving through the south and stuff it's always like oh you better make sure you do the speed limit and you don't you don't mess anything up because those cops are going to see those out-of-town license plates and be like there's somebody who's not going to be able to come to court like i'm going to get i'm going to pull them over and give them a ticket right and it's not unlike that like oh that's something that makes you stick out that makes you say hey he's not from here right yeah and yeah and and 
it's going to he's going to attribute all the negative stuff to that. But like, I mean, I guess. But he's also in the situation where he believes joy. And I don't know that that's based on what we've seen from her. Not a good not a not a great plan for for life. No, no, I don't think so, because I feel like she'll just say things to get what she wants. She definitely seems like she's kind of like a she likes to play dumb, but I think she's pretty Mm -hmm. manipulative. Oh, she definitely is. She's mm-hmm. she has a style of manipulation. And yeah, if he's if anything she says is going to be like, wow, is it, you know, is there any kind of like racism or anything in New Mexico? It's like, no, I don't think there is. I think it's we all just, good. And like, right. Yeah. We just don't have a lot of black people. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's fine. It's like, have yeah. you ever thought about why you yeah. don't have a lot of black people? <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to someone else who made it home. And that was Melissa. So mm-hmm. it's been a couple of weeks since Melissa has left Louie, but Louie seems to be having a difficult time adjusting to being independent. Louis is calling Melissa on his way to work because he wants her Netflix account information. She is annoyed and tells us that Louie calls all the time to ask her questions like, what fish should he eat? And how to transfer money between his checking and his savings account. Melissa is discouraged. He doesn't even seem to be trying to figure things out by himself. She gives him a sarcastic response about how she wouldn't want him to not have access to movies on his three days off a week. Louis then tells Melissa that he's excited about getting his dentures and the dentist called about a final payment. Melissa says she's excited, too, and that she will handle the final final payment since she did agree to paying for the dentures in the first place. Melissa is frustrated because Louis claims to be doing everything he can to get to New Jersey as soon as possible, including what he claims to be working 50 hours a week. But she doesn't really believe him based on the fact that she was sarcastically calling him out on having three days off and doesn't seem like he's making progress in saving. Melissa wanted him to get a different job, but Louis had two job interviews and was turned down for both, so he got discouraged. Melissa thinks that he needs to work somewhere else than a pizza place so he can get more money. Louis then tells her he has a surprise and tells her he bought a car for $5,500. Melissa is mad that Louis never talked to her about it. She then argues that he just spent 40 that she just spent $4,500 on his teeth, but he's dropped $5,500 on a car. He says that she keeps telling him to be more independent, and he thought that that's what this meant, and he was proud of his decision he made by himself. Melissa tells him that she wanted to, him to be uh, more independent, not an idiot, and she questions if it's a good car or if he even tried to negotiate the price. This is not a surprise that is making Melissa happy, and she tells him that he hopes uh, that she hopes he likes it since he'll probably be living in that car. Melissa is starting to think that her family was right about Louie, but she doesn't want to admit that they were right. Melissa meets up with her sister Sherry for a massage. Melissa wants to treat herself since all her extra money seems to be going towards supporting Louie. Sherry asks what she gets out of supporting Louie, and Melissa can't really answer. Sherry comments about Melissa not being into Louie like she used to be. Melissa thinks that reality is starting to set in. Sherry brings up Louie's addiction, which means, you know, Melissa has to keep her guard up. Sherry has experience with being in a relationship with an addict, and she talks about how her son's dad died from a drug overdose, and she was in denial about his use. Melissa had always put the possibility of relapse in the back of her mind since Louie seems to be doing well, but now she wonders if she can trust him at all. 
All right. So I don't know. It definitely seems like the shine of hot Louis is definitely wearing off. Mm -hmm. Um. So what do you think about like just even the way that Melissa is treating him? I mean, I think she needs to take a little bit of a step back because she keeps saying, I want him to be independent, but I want him to be independent by doing exactly the things that I want him to do. And it's like, that's not independent, like of all the things (laughs) that is like you just I mean, what we've always kind of got from Melissa is that at least I did that she's just Donna 2.0. Right. Yeah. No, she really is. And I think it's really starting to come out just with these conversations. But at the same time, as much as Melissa's, you know, Donna 2.0, Louie's playing the part of Louie for yeah. both. For, yeah, Louie's still Louie. Now, but also, also like some of her demands are weird to me. Like, well, I thought he should get another job at the pizza place. And it's like, and he had two interviews and didn't get them. Well, first of all, you're an ex-con. It's super hard to get a job. Right? Oh, sure. Anyway, like anyway. he's lucky he even got the pizza job. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, it, and two, which he only got the pizza job because he was already friends with the with the guy, and who owns he was, it. already had experience working yeah. there. But second, like, isn't he trying to go to New Jersey in 45 days? Yeah, like, so you're really trying to get a job and go and do these interviews and tell the people you're going to be gone in 45 days? They're not giving you a job. Well, like, plus 45 days, I swear, is like how long it takes to get a job these days, right? Because of yeah. all the bureaucratical bullshit that like drags out the application process forever. Right. Especially the jobs you're trying to get with him. It's not just, you know, it's a little bit frustrating. You know, you always hear the people being, well, I just went, just walk, just just walk up and, and ask for a job. You knock on the door and say, you want to get your foot in the door and shake people's hands. And you do that. And it's always like some secretary who's just like, uh... The online applications over there. <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> and I think the types of jobs that you can do that for are the ones where there's high turnover to begin with. And it's mm-hmm. like kind of like, oh, OK, you want to be a day laborer type job. Mm-hmm. Sure. Walk in that day. You could probably get some work. Right. Right. But even like if you even want to get a job at Target or Walgreens, you oh, still have yeah. to be like, like you walk in and the manager's going to be like, oh, yeah, the uh, computer's over there. You can apply online right there. Like they're yeah. not going to talk to you and interview you and be like, oh, you sound great. Here's a job. It's a, it all has to go through the 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 process, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, and the process, you're right, is not the easiest or shortest process. <laughs> yeah. But also like you got a $5,500 car like to go to work. That doesn't seem like the most irresponsible thing I've ever heard. It's not like you got a 20 grand car. Oh, right, like, right. You know, but the thing is, is and this is like what's, you know, <laughs> kind of like weird to see this side of her she's really controlling like the fact that she got mad that he didn't you know run this decision by her but it it, like i understand his confusion she keeps on saying be more independent because she doesn't want to be bothered by these stupid questions right but when it comes to making life decisions she a hundred percent wants uh you know some say so in that Right. It is annoying when you're like, what fish should I have for dinner? And uh, what should I watch on Netflix? And blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. By the way, I bought a car. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. You've, you've got what you're asking me about <laughs> backwards. Like, you should have asked me about the car and not bothered me about the fish. This is what this is what confuses me. It's very confusing to me. Um, but yeah, but it's like, I don't, I, I, it's one of those things that I just don't, don't know what she wants or is going to realize how hard it is for him. I think that's going to be something based on the previews we saw next time. Something that is like going to be frustrating for her is just, just go get a job. It's like, you can't just go get a job. 
Like it's right. not, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, but I think it's also like more difficult, you know, when he's annoying her and he's also not around because it's like, you know, that's not mm. hot Louie. You know, that's annoying Louie because yeah, she right, can't right. experience or appreciate hot Louie when he's just calling her, asking her for random stuff all the time. Yeah, but I mean, I would be less worried about him falling back into addiction if he was just like, what's your Netflix password? Or right. Or watch a movie. Like, which, and like calling her about rain and stuff like that. Yeah. What, what's the name of the, the guy who went to the thing? Yeah, if he's always like calling her for random stuff like that, I'm less – it's when I don't hear from you for a, a bunch of days that my, my brain is going to be like, oh, no. Is he using again? Like is that what he's doing? Is that what he's out of communication? Right. And also I feel like it would be reassurance on her side too since she's so paranoid that he's going to like cheat on her. Obviously, if he's calling her, he's not preoccupied with other women. So for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. So moving on, let's go to ah, let's go to Chelsea and Mikey. So Chelsea and Mikey are still in Courtney's house after he had a chat with his baby mama, Allison, and things are still all good. So he suggests that maybe he and Chelsea should go get something to eat and it'll be on his sister's dime because they're both pretty broke. So she's not a fan of that because she usually has too much pride to ask for any money. And it makes her a little nervous that Mikey is okay asking for money because it, that might end up with him asking her for money down the road. But they get to the restaurant and they talk about the, about meeting with his daughter, which was all sunshine and rainbows. And then he asks if um, – you know, she's gonna jokingly asks if he's gonna if she's gonna be worried about all the single girls and the exes and the baby mamas that are gonna be around when she goes back to Ohio. But she doesn't have to worry about that because he has a loyalty tattoo on his arm, which means he's loyal. So loyalty. <laughs> so they get to talk talking about that's also just gets out of his way of getting he has like a plan with his conversation. And the next thing is like, well, what about your exes? Like, and then asks um if she's ever dating any deaf guys, and she's like Nah, she only dates hearing guys because deaf guys aren't her thing. So she was like, he says, well, have you ever had sex with a deaf guy? And she just kind of scoffs and says she thinks hearing guys do it better, which <laughs> implies that she has had sex yeah, with a deaf you guy. Yeah, compare, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. So, which is, so it really was just a conversation that was set up for him to, you know, be able to be thinking about her having sex with people. So, oh, God. <laughs> because they haven't done that yet. So he says that it's one of his love languages for him and he's starting to get a little frustrated but doesn't want to push her too hard. I mean, which might be a little bit contradicted because then in the restaurant he directly is like, so we going to have sex tonight? <laughs> so she makes some jokes about not being easy and how I don't know you 100%. But then, you know, says, you know, but there's like things, there's reasons and it, she doesn't really get into it in the restaurant. So back in the car, uh, he's still asking for it. And they're going back to Chelsea's hotel. So he's really hoping, you know, not my sister's house. I might be able to get some action tonight. Um, and it might be their last opportunity before she goes back to Ohio. So they get back into the room and Chelsea shows him one of her tattoos that's like uh, just like a naked torso and uh, tells him what she says is the story behind it. But it didn't really have anything to do with the tattoo. I was confused mm. about that. Uh, she says anyway, she – it, when she sees that tattoo, it makes her want to be sexy with her, but her past is getting in the way. And her past involves a sec, an ex that repeatedly raped her. So she tells us that she's never had a sober or healthy relationship. And so for her, you know, sex in a relationship is usually just mixed in with pain, trauma, and even self-harm. So Mikey asks why she's never told him about this. And she said she wanted to wait until they were face-to-face. -face. 
So after hearing all that, he says he loves her and cares for her and, you know, tells us in the hallway, in a hallway interview about how much he hates rapists, which is good. I mean, okay. <laughs> yeah, um, well, I mean, his experience with rapists like in prison too. In prison, in prison, yeah. right. Who get treated like scum and yeah, yeah. yeah. We've all heard that kind of stuff. Anyway, so um, so Chelsea says that she needs to help. She needs his help to kind of draw her out of her shell, and he promises they can go slow. And doesn't really balk when she says it. You know, warns kind of warns him it might be five or six months. So he tells us that whatever she needs, or whatever timeline she needs, is fine with him. They're going to focus on them and move on to the next step when she's ready. So she tells us that even this, and they're kind of doing this as they're like laying in bed together, and she's like, even this, like. Having a boyfriend that will just sit in bed and talk to me, this is a new experience. She's never had a guy that would do this. So now she loves him even more and it's like a huge weight has been lifted off her shoulders. So the next morning, uh, things are still going all nice and they have to pack it up because that was their last night at the hotel. They're too broke to keep paying for that and they're going to be at um, Courtney's house for the rest of the time, which is basically one more night. So on the way, they pass a music store and Mikey wants to stop in. So, of course, Chelsea doesn't give any shits about a music store, but they stop anyway. So Mike tells us that he took up playing keyboard in prison and wants to stop in there to take a look at all the keyboards. So Chelsea finds, you know, as they're walking through the store, the one instrument that she enjoys, which is drums, because she can feel the vibrations of the drums and doesn't need to hear them. So she takes a couple of whacks, uh, you know, at the – she uses the sticks and hits it. And the drums – the store guy is like, what? Go ahead. Play louder. So she doesn't really get anything out of the keyboard when um, Mikey starts playing it. She can't hear it. She can't feel it. And then the store guy suggests that maybe she should come over and sit on top of the amplifier. And then, oh, there it is. I can feel it now. Mm-hmm. So he plays a song for her and then puts her hands on his neck so um, she can hear – she can like feel his voice. And then he raps a song to her, which isn't a very good rap, but at least it's pretty sweet. Yeah. So it seems like it's about time for Chelsea now to go back to Ohio and Mikey doesn't know what he's going to do without her here. So she she asked, well, what did you do before you met me? He was like, I stole cars. Like, I can't go back to doing that. So she seems a little nervous about him staying faithful to her. But he's it seems like he's given her no reason to distrust him and, you know, points to the loyalty tattoo again. So he says he'll see her again in 30 days because that's when he's going to be able to get a travel pass to go to Ohio. So that means he's going to need to keep his nose clean for 30 whole days without her. And she seems to have doubts that he can do this. So as he leaves, uh, as she leaves, Courtney says that she'll make sure he stays in line and says that Chelsea is welcome back whenever she wants. So there's a long kissing at the car and waving goodbye sequence. And once she leaves, uh, she um, he says that, you know, previous to this, he's been a sexually deviant person, but he's going to stay faithful to her, even <laughs> though this is the longest he's gone without sex, basically, in his adult life, um, or at least out of prison when he's not been in prison. So, I mean, I guess the thing to me is it's certainly her past, but I mean, is it going to start getting frustrated to Mikey that she clearly – doesn't fully trust him, even though he's given her no reason to not trust him? Yeah, I don't really know. I'm more concerned about, like, I don't know. I mean, I really like Mikey. He's probably one of my more favorite people that has been on the show. And part mm-hmm. of that is he's so sweet and it comes off as more genuine to me. Yeah. But I wonder how genuine it really is if he is saying that, like, he... 
um, has always cheated on people before, right? Mm-hmm. And that he's never been faithful, but then he has a loyalty tattoo. At what point <laughs> in your life did you get the loyalty tattoo? Right. Were you cheating with the loyalty tattoo? How did that work? Right. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty massive tattoo and it doesn't look like a prison style tattoo. So No, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like you had to have had it before, but then before you're saying that you're cheating on everyone. So it doesn't make sense to me like why he has that. So I don't know. It just seems like a lie. So someone's lying, either his tattoo or he's lying. Right, right. Or I mean, maybe he finally made the determination that he wants to live up to his tattoo. Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe. So uh, I'm a little worried. um, But I mean, he's saying all the right things. So I feel like he's going to be okay. No, I do, too. I do, too. He's not. I mean, it's not. It's not just that he's saying the right things because we've seen people say the right things, but like you said, seem disingenuous about it. Right. He seems he really does seem genuine. He does seem like he really cares about Chelsea so much that he's like, well, yeah, if we can't have sex for six months, then we can't have sex for six months. It's fine. I care about you more than that. I do kind of wonder if his perspective of encountering so many like. Uh, rapists in prison too also gives him a different perspective where he could mm-hmm. have a lot more empathy for Chelsea. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's it, yeah, especially because like I, the thing is, is I'm sure I'm not doubting like that if she was raped in her relationship by her ex boyfriend, then she was raped by her ex boyfriend. But I also wonder if you know I feel like there's a lot of people in prison who'd be like, yeah, that wasn't rape, that didn't count. Like it was my boy, it was my girlfriend, like whatever. You know, and, and and when he thinks of rapists, is he thinking of specifically like child molesters and stuff that are in prison, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. He's also a girl dad, so maybe he <laughs> also, also has a little bit more empathy. Yeah, I mean, they could. That hopefully that's true. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, I say that bad. It it does bother me about people. It's like, well, I have a daughter, so of course I have. I think that's what you needed. You needed to have a daughter, and once you had a daughter, that you were like, oh yeah. Raping women is bad. We shouldn't do that. <laughs> sure, but like, I think like what if it was my daughter. Yeah. Yes, but I think that's exactly the situation. Like, if you have a daughter, <laughs> you think about like, well, what if that happened to my daughter specifically? And then it's like, mm-hmm. y- I think it's the more empathetic viewpoint in that case, right? Yes, it makes it. Yeah. It brings it closer to home for sure. Yeah, and I think some people are like that, even without having a daughter, like having a sister. Right. Mm Because they can think about like, oh, well, what if that had happened to my sister? Like, this is how I would feel, Mm -hmm. you know, so I I think just having someone to really kind of, you know, be able to get a perspective where you can be empathetic, I think helps. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's that's good because the other option is, you know, the thing where people never realize how bad something is until it happens to them. And they're like, that sucked. We should do something about that. I didn't realize it sucked so much. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to Brittany and Kirok. So Tammy, Kirok's mom, is calling them down to eat. Kirok thinks that Brittany quitting school is okay only because she was stepping out in her faith and he wants to support her even though he doesn't really like it. Brittany and Kirok go to the kitchen and Kirok tells his mom that she's beautiful and he wants an update on her health. Kirok feels guilty he wasn't there when Tammy was going through her cancer treatments. Tammy admits that it was rough, but she doesn't want to talk about that anymore. Brittany tells Tammy that they're going to see a doctor to discuss uh, IVF options. Tammy brings up adoption as an option, but Brittany says that she wants to experience pregnancy. Kirok is vocal about the fact that he doesn't want to have kids right now, and he doesn't know why they're doing this. 
Tammy and Brittany both gang up on him and say that this could be a five-year process, so planning ahead could be beneficial so they can have kids at the age that they actually want them. Tammy doesn't think that there's any harm in getting the facts. Kirok agrees to go to the doctor to get educated so he isn't ignorant about the situation, and Brittany is appreciative of his cooperation. Brittany is hoping that their visit with Dr. Keith will change Kirok's mind about getting pregnant. Kirok says he thinks that they're still young, but Brittany says that the older they get, the harder it will be. Dr. Keith says that he would, uh, Kirok would only have to be off hormones for three months, then be on stimulants for three weeks. Kirok is wondering how a transition would work on the outside since he transitioned while he was in prison. Brittany is worried that Kirok might have regrets if he doesn't have kids. Kirok wants to have chest surgery. He then tells the story of how he had a twin brother who passed away uh, at birth and he was born three days later. During testing, the doctor said that uh, Kirok had more testosterone. So Kirok has always thought of himself as a man and trans. Kirok appreciates the respectful conversations he's had with Dr. Keith and gives us the impression that he's open, even though he tells us later that having kids is not in his mind right now. All right. So um, what do you think? Do you think Kirok is just saying this to appease Brittany or do you think that it's actually consideration of something like I know not now because he's definitely told us not now, but like in the next five years? No, I don't think he's ever doing it. He's never doing it. Absolutely not. Um, Because first of all, it it does bother me on these shows when they talk about surrogacy and they talk about like egg harvesting. Mm -hmm. Egg harvesting fucking sucks. Oh, yeah, for sure. It is awful. Right. It is not a, oh, just a minor little thing that they, oh, yeah, you know, it's not like getting blood drawn or something. Make it sound like it's getting blood drawn. It's bad. It's very invasive. It's very painful. You have to go on these hormones, like it's every three weeks, right, that are just you crazy full of hormones to get you to to put all these eggs and put you in a whole crazy stealth. It's not just a nothing um, uh, yeah. Uh, I think even right? how they present it to women, it seems a lot easier because I had a friend who, you know, had the procedure and we were supposed to run a race like a week or two after. And mm-hmm. she thought she would be fine because I think they told her that it took like a week recovery. So she was like, oh, OK, the race is like 10 days after. It'll be fine. She was still a mess. And like she was in so much pain during this race. And she was just like, you know, it. the procedure was a lot crazier than I thought it was going to be. You know, they kind of said, like, I'd be fine after a week and I am not fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I generally find that for most procedures that are like for women, which is its whole other thing. Like mm-hmm. even like even like getting an IUD placed. They're all just oh, it's like, right. Yeah, yeah exactly. And they, and you, they do it just like, oh, it just, it's enough. You just go in and pop, pop, pop. It's done. And like then you have it done. And we were like, that fucking sucked. Like, yeah. I'm glad I haven't do that for years now. That's right. I, I wouldn't do that again next week. What are you talking about? Yeah. That's awful. Right. And and so I think this falls in line with it. Now, that other thing said is he's talking about top surgery, right? Yeah. And you can't do the top surgery until you're done with this because right, when right. you come off the tee and then they put you more on more hormones, you're going to grow breasts again, right? Right, right. And, and so like he seems to me that I can't imagine where he is and the way he's talked about his transition and the way he's talked about how sure he is in the world. I can't see – a scenario where he's okay with with going backwards. Yeah. Like kids or no. Well, okay, I'm confused about his birth story too. How mm-hmm. is it that a woman is having birth 3 days apart? 
because he was saying that he was a miracle baby. The first baby came out was not alive. I, I don't know born. if it was stillborn uh, so or it, died shortly after. And then all of a sudden, three days later, he appeared. Well, I think it, 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 it I don't think he appeared. I think what it sounds like is they were probably I don't, I, somehow able to stop the delivery. Right. Mm-hmm. To stop it. And then, you know, after one, they, they I don't know how they could possibly do that. That sounds like wild. Like, yeah. And that sounds awful, too. Like yeah. you have to basically go and labor twice in like a span of four days. That sounds yeah, so, so awful. I would be interested in hearing the actual medical like things for that. But like, I mean, but it also just sounded like he had this idea that he absorbed his brother's soul. Or something yeah. like it was it was a little much. And I don't know that that really scientifically would pass muster as to why you would be trans. But whatever, whatever makes it work for you. Yeah. I, just, I don't understand Brittany more than anything else, because I kind of at the at the beginning of the uh, of the of the story of a, of a thing. She's 22. Yeah. Right. She's and very it young. seems very she's very young. And I just don't get how many so many people on this show seem to just be like, you know, put a baby in me now. Now. We must have kids now. Like we should do it in the next two or three years. And it's like, you're 22. Like you're 22. Like relax. Yeah. Well, it's this down. whole obsession. And she even said it specifically. Like this whole obsession with being a young mom. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's like, well, I don't really understand. I mean, I personally don't understand, like, why does it matter if you're a young parent versus a little bit of an older parent? Right. And, and that's the thing. As I'm talking about, like, if you're 27, if you have five years, mm-hmm. you're not you're still going to be. Well, it depends on where you are, I guess, on the younger side of the parents. Yeah. Like, sure. Like, and, and it's just I don't know. It's just people have this kind of. Uh, I, I feel like people want it to be like, and I had to like put it the, the Gilmore girls. Like I want to be my daughter's best friend. And that's going to be more likely if we're like really close in it. If we're, if I was like young when I had her, but also I don't think it's not for nothing on it. And she wouldn't say like that. She wants to lock him down. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think that's part of it too. She won't. I, and I think part of it isn't like necessarily in a manipulative sense. Right. But she wants to be part of this family. She loves Tammy. She does. Tammy is she does. like, this is her mom. Right. And it's, it's, I don't, yeah, I don't think it's like, I want to trap into a relationship he doesn't want to be in, but right. it's like doing something where it's like, no take backs. There's right. No take backs right, on sure. this one. Yeah. But yeah, so it's, it's very thing. But she also has that. The only reason we're talking about all that is because she's so hell bent on it must be genetic. The baby must be genetically related to Key Rock. Yeah. Which is, yeah, that's going to be what they're, what they're going to have. Yeah. All right. So, um, last up, let's talk Andy and Brittany. So we pick off where we left off with Andy and Brittany. They had just had a fight over money and cars and Andy has taken off his mic. And I forgot when he took off his mic, we saw like his whole belly, which was not pleasant. Um, so in an interview, Brittany says that she might look like a gold digger asking for money and cars, but that's not it at all. It's because she sees him lying about giving her the money. She thinks that she should be able to give her uh, – he should be able to give her the money and he uh, hasn't yet proven that he can't. So he must be lying about the reasons. So after after a smoke, he comes back and stands way too close to her on the balcony. 
um, and then tells her that he just wants to be he just she just wants him to be honest and he claims that he's been honest this whole time. So then they talk about whether or not he's being honest and they both have the same facts of the case, but they have their own spin on it. So Andy in an interview seems to be frustrated that she's accusing him of everything under the sun and it grinds his gears that uh, – that he just – he claims to have gone above and beyond for her. He's doing more than he's ever done for any person and the only thanks he gets is accusations and uh, you know, uh, lectured for not doing more. So the solution to this problem evidently is to drive to the ATM and get out as much money as possible so we can see who's lying. So Andy is going to drive and Brittany is like, are you OK to drive? Which is like, were they drink? I was very confused at first because like, were they drinking? Uh, what's going on? Just but she the just, middle of the day. Yeah, it's it's, it's like he just made pancakes. And, yeah. But it, it, it's because she's afraid he's like going to be angry driving and, and drive like a maniac. So um, he gets <laughs> – which doesn't help when they pull out and he's like, put on your seatbelt. And then also has to slam the brakes and swerve because he missed a turn. So they make it safely to the ATM and <laughs> – and he slams his car door into it a couple times and then he gets his gets $500, which he immediately counts in front of him and jokes about it being 20 short. So he hopes that this olive branch will help smooth things over. But the tense music when they get back to his house says otherwise. And we see her in a room saying that, well, I guess this is the closest I can get, like with a packed duffel bag on her bed. So she thinks now that uh, now that she has the money, it's clear that he could have always gotten the money and her his intention was to never give her the money. So now it's really – she feels really trapped because she can't leave in the car because the car is in his name and he'll just report it stolen if, if she leaves with him. And she doesn't want to take the phone either because she's afraid he'll report the phone as being stolen and that's over $500. So that's a felony. <laughs> um, so she just serendipitously uh, – not serendipitously. She um, you know, left – secretly left the car – left the phone on the car seat. So clearly she's plotting her escape. So as she's moving things around the house, he's like, what are you doing? And she and she and says that she's just like, I'm moving my stuff. I'm disappointed here. I just want to be with my kids. And then she lectures him a bit more. He's like, why? What did I lie about? And this whole thing is awkward because it seems to it seems to like everybody but Andy knows she's leaving. Um, we do. <laughs> the producers do. Like she sees uh, she says he's a liar and a fraud and he lied about being good with kids. He lied about the fraud on his bank account. He lied about the car. He lied about everything. So Brittany says that she's paper free, so there's nothing holding her back. Obviously, he sees things differently and says he's not a liar but and thinks he's gone above and beyond for her. So then she takes her stuff and stands in the yard, just stands in the yard in the box waiting for a, who knows what. She's just standing in the, in the, in the yard. And then Andy gets a call from Gracie asking where her mom is because she's not answering the phone. So Brittany doesn't seem to have a way to get in contact with anyone. I don't know if there's a ride on the way. She's like randomly asking people driving by on scooters if she can use their phone. And <laughs> that's like where we leave. So I guess the confusing part to me is why didn't she call and set up her ride and then when the ride got there, just leave the phone? What, what's going on? This is very confusing to me. Yeah, I don't know why she wasn't thinking ahead like that. But I think it also just goes to show that she isn't thinking about her plan. Like, there is no plan. It's not premeditated. The goal is very clear, right? Get the hell out of there. But how she's going to reach her goal, she has not thought out at all. And so, you know, it's that's why this is like such a choppy execution of what it is that she's trying to do. Um, I don't know. I, I think that Andy actually does know that she's going to dip. And that's why mm -hmm. he is like, 
stuck to her side, right? Even when he was outside and she was just like, whoa, give me some space, like all up in her business. It's like, I don't understand how he's not getting it. Like he has to know, right? And I think that's the reason why he got all upset about giving her the cash. Because he knows like this cash is as good as gone, right? Mm -hmm. And But at the same time, he doesn't want to be like called out for being a liar on TV. And so I feel like that's why he's going through these motions of giving her the money, you know, and uh, but he's just like he's real upset about it because, you know, he knows that he's never going to see her. He's not getting anything for this five hundred dollars. Right. And I think that's going to be part of his like, you know, that's really what he's thinking of in terms of winning this breakup or whatever. Yeah. Going to be like, listen, I gave you $500 when I knew good and goddamn well you were going to dip with it. Like, so don't tell me that it's not, you know, don't tell me that I didn't, you know, do my part or I didn't do, I was trying to control you because I gave you $500 knowing that you were going to leave. So how is that controlling you? Right. Yeah. Yeah, Um, she definitely wanted to make it very clear that, you know, she's not a gold digger. And I feel like what happened is that he did promise things on his own. I don't think like she was like, oh, well, I'm going to need this. Oh, well, I'll give you that. You know, Mm -hmm. maybe it went down that way. But I definitely think he made the promises on his own. When she saw him, she's just not into him. And now Mm -hmm. she feels trapped. So she needs him to follow through on his promises so she can get the hell out of there. So this is why she's coming off as sucking so hard because she really has no shame in guilting him into fulfilling his promises that he made. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's especially when it's like this, when it's Mm -hmm. like when, you know, like it doesn't feel gold diggery because gold diggers want to stay in the relationship. But it feels like yeah, to get more. But it feels like like she's defrauding him. Like, yeah. it's like, give me the car and the money so I can leave you. Like, yeah. that's like, that's not a reasonable thing to do. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I think also in her mind, she doesn't see it that way. Like, you know, she sees it as like, he promised me these things. And they were supposed be to be. <laughs> right. But, no, no, no. but at the same time, like even he said, and like, that's why I don't really feel that bad. He was trying to say like, oh, it's like no strings attached where it was just like, no, there are strings attached. And I don't think you were honest with everyone that there were strings attached to all these things you were giving her. Right. Even his kids saw through it. Like. Uh, you just want to give her random money just because she's an addict. Don't you think she'll just take the money and run? Because there's no strings attached to it, right? And so, right. you know, it's like everybody sees it, but, you know, it's kind of one of those things where he says there aren't, but there's definitely strings attached. It's like this money is contingent on the fact that you're still with me. Well, I mean, I, it, it- the money, obviously, I don't want to say obviously, because maybe it's after he got, you know, called out on it that he was like, no, I'm going to prove to you that it wasn't contingent mm-hmm. by giving it to you so you can leave, right? Yeah. Just so he can kind of get the upper hand on it. But the, I guess the one to me that I – it would never – I don't know that it would even occur to me, the car thing. Mm-hmm. Like if I like if I had somebody and the movie is like, oh, great, I'll have a car. I have an extra car. You can use my other car right. as much as you want. Like – so that way, you're, you know, you're not stuck in the house waiting for me. I don't have to drive you around everywhere. Great. It wouldn't occur to me to put that in her name. No, like, I, it wouldn't either, especially if you've done something like finance the car. It's not technically yeah. in your name anyway. So, 
Right. And yeah. I think it was finance. I think there was a note on it. And so like, to me, that's where it started. The car specifically is where it started to get unreasonable. It's like, you lied about the car. You said you were going to give it to me. And I was like, letting you have free access and open to use the yeah. car if it's in my name. Most people th- see that as giving me a car. Right. Like, not giving me a car like I'm going to drive off with it. We're not together. <laughs> and I'm going to continue to make car payments on this. Right. Well, we've seen that before, too, though. We've right. seen, like, uh, yeah, Sean and the, Destiny. Yes. <laughs> She's like, but that's my car. You promised me my car. It's like, you promised you'd stay with me. What the hell? Like, you get right. to break up and keep the car? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I feel like uh, Andy can't – this can't be the first time Andy's seen the show. It's like – lesson number one right like you just can't promise people like these things like in terms like intangible things right you Mm -hmm. can obviously promise them faithfulness and promise that you'll be there for them and you know stuff like that like things that you have control over but you you can't promise like tangible like material things Right. I mean, y- yes, you can't. Because you can't. Or you shouldn't. We you should shouldn't, Israel. Yes, you shouldn't. <laughs> but yeah, it's but it's it, it, it's wild just the perspective of the other person. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if you say, hey, you know, you get out, I'll have some money for you. You won't have to rely on you. I'll just give you $1,200. Like to say like, I feel like that's manipulative because that's contingent upon us being in a relationship. It's like, yeah. yes, it's obviously contingent upon you being <laughs> in a relationship. That's a relationship. It, that's wild to me. They're just like, it's, it's such control. He doesn't want to give it to me if we're not in a relationship. Right. It's like, well, yeah. The only reason he, you think he goes around promising random people getting out of prison $1,200 free right. of nothing because they're not in a relationship. It's of, like, of course it is like, yeah. And that's, and, and to see that as like control is kind of a little warped, you know, a little, a little off, off to me. It's like, well, he doesn't want to give it to me if we're not together. And I was like, yes. What you, <laughs> like, <laughs> You're like, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, goodness. Um, Both of them are terrible. Um, And it's like you it's like almost in a weird way. We could see this all going down from the end of the last season on love during lockup. Right. Mm -hmm. Because you already could tell that she was almost instantly turned off once the daughters came forward with, oh, yeah, he's kind of a shitty dad. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how defensive Andy was and in denial. It's like, oh, yeah, I could I could have seen this whole season going down the way that it did. Right. Right. And I, I yeah, I think he yeah, I think there's that. And then she got out and he physically was just. Awkward to be around, unpleasant to be near. Um, and, and that made it worse. Like, I think I give you right. The, the thing about the daughters was the was the beginning of the decline. Right. I think what it is, is that he is like just overbearing. Yeah. And he sure. is does not give her any kind of space whatsoever. And I think that inability for him to like not read the room and be like, this person doesn't want to be near me. And it's like, he's just constant. It is such a turnoff. You know, I feel like she, especially in this situation, if he gave her a little bit of space, she might like, you know, think about it and be like, okay, this isn't so bad, you know, but it's like, he's just always got to be like loved up next to her. And she yeah, is not it, about that. It's it, And it's funny that like certain people, like if she asks, but it goes both, and I'd say it goes both ways. 
he's wrong, but mm-hmm. he's got this weird mental thing where the farther and it's 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 the cycle. The farther she pulls back, the more he gloms on. Yeah. Right. If she gave him back a little bit of affection, yeah. she would not be so clingy. Right. 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 It's just, and so it's it's that you know it's similar to the insecure you know thing cycle where it's like it's the fact that she's so distant that makes him be like well i have to grab this as fast as hard as yeah. i can i have to i have to sidle up to this as, as as hard as i can which just makes it worse yeah um yeah but it's that desperate thing it's also the way him talking about well i guess you know it's annoying he talks annoying he's annoying oh, yeah. to talk to you know like, and i was gonna say i could see her as associating that with how police talk and she does not mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. well he's ex-police well that's exactly sure. what i'm saying so it's like that reminds her of that and that's probably reminding her of the fact that he was ex you know he was an ex-cop and she's mm-hmm. like in her mind like nope yeah i i i that's a good point. It's like, yeah, he gives off too many cop vibes. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, we just saw everyone except for Sheree and Anthony, and we're assuming that Renika and uh, Asante, Asante are, they're gone. done. Yeah. Yeah, they're done. They're um, done. But Sheree and Anthony, I'm sure we have more to see. So Absolutely. out of this group we saw this week, uh, who was your student of the week? I said Mikey. Like, mm-hmm, I know. Like, we me talked too. about how much we both liked him. Um, yeah. It's super. And it's one of those things that's wild because, like, it does seem like the bare minimum of, like, when your girlfriend told you she was repeatedly raped, don't pressure her for sex. Right. Like, like it seems like, yes, that's the bare minimum that you should do. But some people have trouble getting to that. Like, yeah. It's wild. Yeah. Because they're selfish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, well, what about me? Yeah. What about my needs? <laughs> well, I it's didn't like, rape mm, you. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness. Yeah. Uh, what about your dunce? I couldn't. I couldn't decide between Andy and Brittany. I know. Well, I went Brittany. If that is any effect okay, on, well, then I'll go Andy just to <laughs> just so we have them both covered. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I went with Brittany because you know it's. I'm not being a gold digger, and it's like, well, these are definitely gold digger tendencies, and I get where she's coming from. You know, it's like, but just even the way that she came off about like. The whole thing, just very smug, like, you owe mm-hmm. me $500, you mm-hmm. know, like, well, I don't know where I'm going to go. You know, it's like, I'm just doing my thing, you know, just being like, this dude just gave you $500 and you're going to be an asshole to him. <laughs> right. It very much was like the, um, <laughs> give me my money. The, which money? Did you earn the money? No, it's right. my money because you told you said, me, you yeah. told me you would give it to me. So right. it's my money. It's like, yeah. That's, no, that's not your money. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, uh, Andy on the other side, though, like she's not wrong. He he is lying. He clearly yeah. was lying about the fraud. I can't get that money out of the ATM. Yes, you right. can. You yeah. did. Like, like, So he's also lying. And then when she's like, you're lying, he's like, what am I lying about? It's like, you know what you're lying about. Come right. On. Like, it's all just they're both awful. Yeah. No, I agree. In fact, I put on my notes, both <laughs> of them are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, what about your life lesson? So my life lesson goes at uh, Red's family. Right. Uh-huh. And it's kind of like it's when someone gets released from prison. Right. Mm-hmm. It really is gonna backfire on you when you frame when you frame wanting to spend time with them as like no you belong here now we get you you yeah. you're here like that just makes it sound like he's in your prison now he went from regular prison to your prison where yeah. you quote unquote get him right before he can move on to something else like that's that's 
and he's everybody's gonna buck against that be like no i'm free i don't have to you don't i don't owe, owe you don't owe me that's interesting because my perspective and life lesson was actually like from the perspective of red's family so my life mm-hmm. lesson is if it's your forever as you're claiming right new mexico mm-hmm. is my future it is my forever there is no hurry you know like it can wait two three days i mean i know his family was asking for two three weeks um, mm-hmm. Which even to me is like, well, if we put two, three weeks in comparison to forever, all right, mm-hmm. I mean, let's even put it in perspective, like 10 years. Let's say he spends 10 years there, right? It's two, three weeks, that's not that big of a deal. And I don't understand what the big hurry is, right? Let Joy go back by herself. Oh, well, I guess maybe that's not it. Well, okay. And I feel like that could have been a conversation too. Maybe that wasn't an option because. You know, Joy has to drive back. Like, she flew there. They're driving back to New Mexico together. So that's Mm -hmm. his ride. And if she has to be back, she has to be back. But it's like, well, then they could have used that as reasons. And maybe his family wouldn't have – well, no, let's be real here. They would have gone nuts anyway. No, they would have gone nuts. But they all – all of them were like, but we've been waiting for longer. Right. You get to decide what you do. Yeah. Like, and that's – you're not going to win over the newly (laughs) convict with that – you should do what we want you to do instead of being like, hey, you know, it, it, it's just a framing thing. They're not mm-hmm. wrong with what they said, right? Yeah. Especially with your like the forever. But it was just as soon as they kind of framed it as, no, you owe us. Right. Then right. he was like, Mm-mm. yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's why he said, when a man is 30, like that's where that came up, came from. Uh, yeah. That's so silly. He's like a man child. <laughs> He is, though, like, yeah. and especially when we bring up his, you know, special best friend, bestie on the phone, like, oh we know this is going to crash and burn, too. I know, right? Okay, uh, so we'll be back again this time next week. Yeah, next week. Uh, so until then. Okay, see everybody then. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>